Selfishness, no argument I confess, no pardon for so much foolish pride. I can't deny I'm lost in sin. I could plead my own case, but I would not win. The only hope I see are the stains of Calvary.
Amen. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good. I'm glad. We're all great. <laughs> That's awesome. I love to hear that. Well, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad everyone's here. People are still coming in the door, so that's great. So let's stand. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit in this morning. So would you guys stand with me? This is pointless unless he's here. And he's been waiting on you. So we're just going to ask him to come in even more and make himself at home. Okay, would you guys pray with me? Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, we love you. Good morning. Thank you for waking us up with the snow on the ground, reminding us that you've made us pure. Lord, we need you in this place this morning, and we want you to feel welcome here. Your kids have come to worship you, so help us to check everything at the door. We want to just focus on you, Lord. So, Lord, you come in and take over. I pray you will be pleased with our offering and our love that's coming from deep inside of us, even if it's hard to get it out. Lord, free us up. Help us to love on you this morning, Jesus. Send your spirit and be welcome to walk in this place and move freely. We love you and God's people said, amen. Let's worship.
Yeah, man, that's awesome. Would you guys turn and say good morning? Welcome, people here. See, I'm glad we're in a warm building. you from here. <laughs> well, let me share a couple things with you guys just to give you a little bit of information on what's happening this week. A couple things. First of all, today's the last day to turn in the boxes for Christmas Child. So um, you guys can leave them back on the tables. If you, need, if you forgot them, you can run home and get them and bring them back. But um, today's the last day for those. And then I uh, wanted to let you guys know that uh, there is a women's Christmas tea coming up called Daughters of the King, third annual Daughters of the King. And it's on December the 4th at 1.30 in the afternoon. You guys, um, can these flyers are going to be all over the place this morning. So if you want one, just look for somebody that's carrying them because we're hand-delivering and we want you to be there. It's going to be a great time. And that's on December 4th at 1.30. And you can also contact Barbara Fritz if you need um, additional details in her phone number and everything's on this sheet. Also, wanted to let you guys know the prayer cards that are on your seats. Give us your prayers. We want to pray for you. And we want to praise with you. So if you have an answer, please let us know your answers. Some of them need updated that we haven't heard back from you guys, but we're still praying. They may be answered, and we're still praying. So we want to do some praising, too, because there's a lot that Jesus does and the Lord does for us, and we want to make sure that we... We honor him and thank him for what he's doing. So that's on, um, actually, this Wednesday, we are not going to be having prayer service tonight because it's the day before Thanksgiving and a lot of people are traveling. So there won't be prayer service, but we will be praying and staff and things for those cards, and they'll, they'll be carried over to the next week as well. So I think that's everything right now. So we'll continue to worship. If you want to stand with me, we'll continue to worship wanted to just kind of get you guys into a place. This morning when I woke up and I saw the snow, it was beautiful. I just kind of closed my eyes and soaked it up. Thought about how uh, it reminds me of what Jesus did for us. What he did to get us to where we're pure. It was a lot. So much to be thankful for. And this week, I'm super grateful for that. So, If you guys just kind of close your eyes and just think, you know, look at everything he's done for me. And even more, look at what his word has said, what he's done, what he's accomplished through the ages. It's remarkable. He's famous for so many things, but oh my goodness, just the things that he did in my life. I could write a book. He's done so much. And I'm so grateful to him for that. We have a beautiful Savior 
and one that loves you individually and every circumstance in your life. And he is chasing you. And he won't let you go. He will chase you. So it's pretty remarkable when we, when we remember that. So let's get our hearts and our minds focused to remember who he is and what he's doing and how he's moving because he's moving and he's here this morning. And I am anticipating big things from him. And my heart's ready. So is yours, your heart ready for him? I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Let's praise him.
me have the ushers come forward. We're going to continue our worship with what we give back to him. And then we'll continue singing. We have such a wonderful, wonderful father. We're uneven in ushers this morning. We have three on that side and two over here. Yeah, Rachel. Got two. <laughs> All right, let's thank him. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gifts that you have given us, Lord. We have so much to be grateful for. Father, you are, you are precious. I pray, Lord, that we will give back with our whole hearts. That as we give back to you, we smile because we know you're going to do something amazing. That this is something that you use and we get to be a part of it, a front row seat to your work. So, Lord, we love you. Bless this time. Bless this offering, Jesus, and multiply it. We give it to you with our whole hearts because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to read you a scripture. I'm going to pull it up here. Listen to this. This is out of John 8. It says, I speak eternal truth. Jesus said, When you sin, you are not free. You become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family, like a son does. For a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free from sin, then you will be free indeed, unquestionably free. That's what he did. Why? 
That's right. Boy, Lord, we just thank you for being here. Lord, we know that you are always here for us. And sometimes we're not ready. Well, Lord, I'm ready this morning. I'm ready for you to come in this place and just surround us like a warm blanket. 
We need you here, Lord. We need your presence. We need your guidance. We need your love. We need your wisdom and discernment. Lord, we want you to fill us up. We want you to fill us up so much that you push us out. Less of us and more of you. We want you to wander through the aisles of this family. And Lord, I just want you to meet us where we're at. Some of us are hurting. We need a hug from you. Some of us are joyful and we want to celebrate with you. And Lord, you can do all those things. That's who you are. You're our Father. and You, you want to hear our voice. Whether that be in, in prayer of us just calling out to you or whether that be joyful in us just giving you all the praises. Or maybe it's just conversation over coffee. We just love you. There's nothing more important in our day to day. Nothing that can trump you. You have to be the center. Continue to get our hearts ready this morning, Lord, for your word, because it's powerful. It's a living word that we need. We need it to get through the rest of our day. We just can't do it without you. But Lord, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you meet us here. You wait for us and you anticipate our arrival. We love you with all of our hearts.
so glad it's you. I'm so glad you're the one we can depend on because you never, ever let us down. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never turn it back. You're always here. And you're always waiting for your kids to call out. You're always waiting for us to jump up into your lap and, and to tell you about our day or cry on your shoulder always here and you're real you're not a story in a book Lord become more real to us if there's someone here that that has always wondered if it's true reveal yourself to them this morning protect them let them hear your truth it just doesn't end here Lord There's so much more that's coming. We can anticipate you and what you're going to do this morning, but oh Lord, there's so much out there for us to do for your kingdom. Light us on fire, Lord. Light this church on fire for you. Father, we love you. We need you. Be with Pastor Tim as he gets ready to bring your word to us, Lord. We're grateful for him protect him this morning, Jesus. Speak through him in a bold way. Don't let him hold back. I pray, Jesus, that everything that comes from him will be directly from your mouth and that it'll penetrate our hearts and we'll be changed because of it. Lord, we love you. Thank you for being with us this morning, Father. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, good morning. How are you doing? I'm, you know, I was gone last week again. Jim Deal, my, uh, he's my interim. Um, He's the interim preacher for the interim pastor. So, uh, But listen, you guys had church last Sunday. You had church last Sunday. Those days are exciting. Those moments are wonderful. And you just continue to want those 
again and again and again. I'm glad you're here today. Perhaps you have a Bible with you. You know, people don't carry Bibles to church much anymore. They carry an electronic device. And if you have an electronic device and you want to look it up, uh, the 103rd Psalm would be a good place to start. Um, you get my age, you have to find these cheaters to read these little words. That's why I use this iPad, because I can make the words as big as I want them to be. And I don't have to use these. The 103rd Psalm, listen carefully. Because this is Thanksgiving week. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Once upon a time, there was a merchant who had outlets all across this country. But the merchant began as a mail-order business. He never really moved away from that particular model. It worked well for him. Though great stores did arise from black asphalt parking lots eventually, some part of a shopping center and others that stood totally alone, there was still a throwback to what had started that business in the first place. Um, a pioneer out on the prairie of Kansas or someone in the mountains of Colorado could use what that pioneer had started those years ago when he published a little black and white pamphlet, if you will. Black ink on old newsprint paper. And these pioneers in Kansas or somewhere could look through that little brochure, and they could see products that they could never have out on that prairie except for this merchant. And they would order those things. And they would be delivered, sometimes by train, sometimes by an ox-drawn cart. You could even order a house that would be delivered in pieces so that you could put it together. Well, as time progressed that little black and white brochure grew until it became a catalog the size of a phone book. And now I realize that I'm speaking to people today who have no idea what a large catalog looks like or what a phone book even is. But as a boy, I looked forward to that Sears Roebuck catalog coming to our house usually sometime in the fall, early, earlier than this. My cousin, Karen, lived two doors east of us. And her parents did not attend church, but Karen started attending with us. 
And so she would walk that little ways from her house to ours on that dead-end dirt road that we lived on. She would come to our home on a Sunday morning and she would have on her beautiful frilly little dress and some white anklets and some black patent leather shoes. And when she came into our house, we would sit on the couch next to one another while my mother and dad were still preparing to head to church. My mom was putting the roast and the potatoes and the carrots in that Dutch oven to slide into the oven to cook while we were away. But Karen and I would sit side by side on the couch and we would play a game. It was a simple game. Simple because I invented it. It had to be simple. And the game had to do with that Sears and Roebuck catalog. We would place it on our laps One half on her lap and the other half on mine. And we would turn to the toy section in that wonderful wish book and we would begin to turn the pages. And the game was this. It was a fantasy game. The game was everything that was on that page on her lap was what she was going to get for Christmas. And everything on the page on my lap was what I was going to get for Christmas. And then we would turn the page. And there was a whole new selection of incredible things that I was acting like, fantasizing about, I was going to get for Christmas. The Mattel shooting shell rifle. You don't even remember that. You old people don't even remember that. Oh man, I wanted that. And then you turned a page, and on my side, there was a go-kart, an actual go-kart driven by a Clinton two-and-a-half-horsepower gasoline engine. Oh, my, I'm going to get that for Christmas. So we played this game, thinking about what it would be like if we really received those things. We dreamed great dreams as those pages turned one by one. John Beeler says, the biggest Thanksgiving killer is the day after Thanksgiving. Listen, when the Christmas shopping begins, we stop thinking about what we have and start thinking about what we want. Maybe this year as we thumb through the wish list or look longingly at potential purchases advertised on the internet these days and think about what we want, perhaps we should spend more time looking at the neat stuff that we already have. And there's a bunch of that listed in those verses that I shared with you this morning. See, we, we take most of our blessings for granted. We, I mean, we just live in them, so... We think we deserve them. But if you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than six million people who will not survive this week. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning for that little piece of information? Just want to encourage you. If you've never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, the pain of starvation, you're ahead of 500 million people in our world. 
If you can attend church like this one without fear of arrest or torture or harassment, you are more blessed than three billion people in our world. If you have food in your refrigerator and clothes on your back and a roof over your head and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of this world. If you have money in the bank and a little in your wallet and maybe some change in that ashtray in your car, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealth. Or we can turn the page in that catalog and think about what you would be willing to do, what you would be willing to pay to restore something that you're already blessed with. I looked this up this past week, and the only numbers I could find were from either 2017 or 2019. So there's probably some play in these numbers. But a heart transplant costs $1.4 million and you're on a waiting list for 191 days right now. A lung transplant is $862,000 and there's a 185-day wait. A liver transplant, it said is $813,000, and there's a 239-day wait. Bone marrow transplant, $839,000. Kidney transplant, $415,000 with a 600-day wait. And as I was looking that stuff up, I discovered that this thing that we've heard before, the, the value of the human body is kind of interesting because all of the minerals and trace elements in your body right now are worth just about $1. And if you could somehow, this is hideous, if you could tan your hide as leather, it would be worth about $3.50. So, if you take everything that you are worth as a person, just sitting there on that chair, if you could sell all of this that you are, I'm going to round it up, you and I are worth about $5 each. But then I find myself back in Psalm 103. And the catalog gets much more interesting because it lists things that are available to me. Now, it says that it was written by David. And in essence, when you read this particular chapter, these opening verses I love especially, it is a praise. He is giving praise to someone he knows. It's not just some kind of blind emotional expression, but it's accurate, it's joyful, it's praise to address someone that we know. Oh, give him... Praise, praise the Lord, O oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Praise His holy name. We all have so much to give Him thanks for. C.S. Lewis wrote, It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. He said, The delight, the delight in knowing how beautiful someone is, the delight is incomplete until it is expressed. The delight of loving someone is incomplete until you tell them about it. So, 
Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise His holy name. Why would I say that? Why would David say that? Because I want it to be complete. I want my delight to be complete. I want Him to hear me say it. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise His holy name. So here in the 103rd Psalm, we begin to turn the pages of the catalog again. And we come to verse 3, where it says, This one that we have been praising forgives all our sins. That's a pretty good thing to praise Him for. He forgives all of our sins. And let me add, He forgets them. Earlier versions of this particular verse use the word iniquity in place of the word sin. And what iniquity means is perversity, crookedness, or twisted nature. So when you are tempted, when I am tempted, it might be well to ask this question. What is the right thing? What's the right thing? Most of the politicians that we see on TV could improve their standing in seconds with the citizens of this country if they would begin by asking that simple question. What is the right thing? Among the asking that question would keep most of us out of a world of hurt and trouble. What is the right thing? I mean, but even when we have sinned, He forgives all your sins. All our sins. When it came time for one of the great preachers of the past century to retire... Someone asked him, if you could have your ministry to do all over again, what would you make central to your preaching? And he said, the forgiveness of sin. The forgiveness of sin. The forgiveness of sin. We walk around with this baggage on us of things we have done or thought or said. And we continue to carry that around when he forgives all our iniquities. If we but ask Him. You turn the page again in this catalog this morning and we come to verse 3 again. And the second portion of that says, He heals all your diseases. He heals all your diseases. Now that may be a spiritual healing. But you see, we have trouble in this world recognizing that there is this great interplay between our actions and our health. Sin can make you sick. I'm about 50, okay, 60 pounds overweight. Because I love to eat. I don't consider myself a glutton, but I know that I eat more than I need to. And it begins to have an effect. On my health. And may I say, if you walk around with a chip on your shoulder, you may discover that that is the cause of the pain in your stomach. Because sin is a spiritual disease that ultimately kills you and keeps us separated from God. The Word says that Jesus bore all our iniquities. That's why He was 
on the cross, our spiritual sicknesses and diseases in His body on the cross. And by His suffering, we were healed forever. God didn't create man as a soul living in a body. Jesus didn't separate between healing a person's body and forgiving his twisted nature. He wants to take care of you. That's a pretty good page in that catalog. Oh, I want that one on my side. I want that one on my lap. And then I turn the page and I come to verse 4 where it says he redeems your life from the pit. Redeem means he buys it back. You have been bought with a price. God paid for all of us. Yeah, yeah. We don't talk much about the pit in church anymore. Because most of us think that probably means hell. I think it does. I'll just go along with that. But it's referring to Sheol. Sheol, which was called the abode of the dead. The lowest place in the world of death. Now let me just say, I always thought and still think of Sheol as hell. But I'm just saying, if there's something lower than Sheol, I mean, if hell is lower than that somewhere in this whole cosmic thing, I don't want to get any lower than that one. I don't want to go there either. It's interesting that the person who decided to put this book of Psalms together, which were eventually numbered, but whoever put them together, I don't think they found them necessarily in the same configuration they are today, but they found it interesting to put the hundred and what we call the 103rd Psalm in this passage, following what is now the 102nd Psalm. You say, well, that's crazy. 103 comes after 102. But it didn't always come there. But he put it there because they saw that God's creative forgiveness is his answer to the hope that's expressed in the 102nd Psalm, verse 13. Where it says, you will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. And you're saying, so what does that mean? That doesn't say a thing to me. Well, it said a lot to them. Because it was speaking of the death that they had suffered in the exile to Babylon. Their life had come apart. And he redeemed them from that pit, that incredible punishment, if you will, that turmoil of having to try to exist in Babylon for all of those years that they were there. Mm. He rescues. He redeems. But there's more. If you turn the page, verse 4 says, He crowns us with love and compassion. He has given us honor. That is great and true. He crowns you with love and compassion. The honor of being brought in to the favor of God. As if you were a king in his eyes. He crowns you 
with his faithful love. And we turn the page in this catalog. And we come to verse 5, where it says, He satisfies our desires with good things. Just take a moment. Somewhere there in your consciousness. Don't say it out loud. Just list two or three good things. You got them? God gave those things to you for your pleasure. And your attitude about those things determines your satisfaction. Half of the world today is unhappy because it can't have the things that are making the rest of the world unhappy. I don't have that, so I'm unhappy. And these people are saying, I've got all this stuff, and I'm still unhappy. The unhappy person isn't someone who didn't get what they wanted. The unhappy person is the one who got what they wanted and found out that it wasn't as wonderful as expected. Back in uh, May, I came to the realization that that white Cadillac EXT that I drove had 224,000 miles on it, was 17 years old, and it ran fine. But I thought to myself, 224,000 miles, that thing's going to start costing me money soon. So I listed it on Craigslist and sold it. Got a great price. But in the process, I had been looking for one to replace it. Something without 224,000 miles on it. Something that wasn't a 2004. Well, they quit making that particular style in 2013. So I knew I couldn't get one newer than 2013. But I found a 2011 with just 70,000 miles. And I thought, 70,000 miles, if I can get 224,000 out of it, I've got 150,000 miles left in that car. I I can drive that till my girls won't let me drive anymore. And so I found that black one with the 22-inch wheels. And it was just what I was looking for. And so I bought it. In my, what is it, 57 years of driving automobiles, I've owned 58 cars. Two of them were lemons, including a black Cadillac (laughs) that I have been driving. Anyone want a good deal? Here's the thing. I got what I wanted and realized I didn't want it nearly as bad as I thought I did. I could have been much happier continuing to drive that old white 224,000 mile thing. The secret 
of a happy life is not to get what you want, but to live with what you've got. And most of us spend our lives concentrating on what we don't have instead of thanking God for what we do have. Though I bought that beautiful black Cadillac down in the Springs, I called my friend in Denver yesterday or two days ago who is an auto broker, has his own firm. And I called him and I said, Randy, I'm going to bring this black Cadillac up here to you and I want you to make it go away. Because I don't want it anymore. See, we're already looking at the Christmas catalog, focusing on what we want rather than rejoicing with what we have. That's why Thanksgiving is so important. We need it. Humanity needs it. Whether they celebrate something like that in other places, I know in Canada they've already done that, but we need it because this Thanksgiving, for us at least, is a staging area. We need it because it forces us to add up and recognize where all the things that we enjoy actually come from. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever pressed God for an answer beyond the point of distraction? God, I'm not giving up. The 106th Psalm says, and this reminds me of my black Cadillac, He gave them their request but sent leanness to their soul. He gave them their request, but sent leanness to their soul. I never thought much of John Wesley as a poet. I know his brother Charles was a poet and a gifted hymn writer, but I hadn't thought much of John Wesley, though he did write hymns as well. And he wrote these words. Though waves and storms go o'er my head, though strength and health and friends be gone, though joys be withered all and dead, though every comfort be withdrawn, on this my steadfast soul relies. Father, thy mercy never dies. Father, thy mercy never dies. So, my prayer for you, as you are already in the deep throes of your plans for Thursday, my prayer for you is that your soul may be fat instead of lean. Let God remind you as you flip through the catalog this Thursday to be reminded of, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Sometimes at the conclusion of a message I have tried to sing, I'm not going to do that today. And everybody said, Amen.
But uh, I do want you to hear the words. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee, all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Would you pray with me? Father, I give you thanks today. What a joy it was to walk into this place this morning and find the foyer filled with people who were enjoying fellowship with one another. There was an anticipation here today. There was that sense of joy that comes from being together and realizing that sometime in a few moments we'll walk into this room and we'll be ushered into your presence. Father, we have enjoyed being together today. We look forward to family times this next week. Times when we can be together with those that we love. And I pray that you will continue to remind us, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within him, in me. Bless his holy name. Let's stand together.
It's all we need. Amen. Oh, Lord, we're just going to close out this day together. Father, thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for showing us that our catalogs are already full with you. That we already have everything that we need with you, Lord. Focus our hearts and our minds on that. Let us be overflowing with joy this week because we're so grateful for everything you've given us, everything you've done for us, and what you're going to do. Lord, we love you. Would you bless my brothers and sisters today? Keep them safe, Lord. Let them know how much you love them. And as they leave and they get ready for Thanksgiving this week, Lord Jesus, remind them how much you love them and how much they're loved by us. We love you, Father. Thank you for this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And one more thing I wanted to ask you guys. Mike McNally needs someone to drive with him to Denver this week on either Tuesday or Wednesday. If anybody is able to do that with him and help him out with that, would you come see me? And I'll give you his contact information so we can bless him. Are you doing it? Never mind. We're good. (laughs) Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. See you next week. My Jesus, I love Thee, and I know Thou art mine, for Thee all the follies of sin I resign, my Jesus.